how low has President Obama gone to tap with two P's my phones during the very sacred election process? This is Nixon Watergate. Bad or sick guy! Exclamation point. I'd bet a good lawyer could make a great case out of the fact that President Obama was tapping my phones in October, just prior to election. Is it legal for a sitting president to be wiretapping, in quotes, a race for president prior to an election? Turned down by a court earlier. A new low! Just out. The same Russian ambassador that met Jeff Sessions visited the Obama White House 22 times and four times last year alone. Terrible. Just found out that Obama had my wires tapped in Trump Tower just before the victory. Nothing found. This is McCarthyism. I think facts started when it all started. It's always okay to punch a Nazi. You're telling me that I can use this phone for more than checking Facebook and Grindr on the go? Fuck you and fuck Mars. Things are the best they've ever been. So the only way to go is down. Oh, I built a straw man argument. Here's the thing, though. This shit still stinks. So that's when, that's when women's rights really mattered was back then. A podcast by the people, for the people, and of the people. Oh. Jesus. You know, it's, it's, it's not even the fact that he compared apples to oranges with Nixon and Watergate and McCarthyism. It's like McCarthyism? It's, it's, it's like it's like that's a word he heard someone say the other day, and he's like, it, uh, "That's good. I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna say that about something." Also, by the way, McCarthyism was McCarthy throwing wild accusations at other people. It what like it's like he was literally declaring what he was doing. It, 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 <laughs> this it is, is what it I'm is. doing. It's like if your mailman came by and stopped, and he's delivering your mail, and he's like, "I'm being ironic." It's like him saying, this is McCarthyism. Right. Like, this, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> I uh, Maybe he's hilarious. Maybe he's, maybe the, funniest. he's the funniest president we've ever had. Also, just want to point out the one tweet about the, the same Russian ambassador that met Jeff Sessions visited the Obama White House 22 times. Yeah, that wasn't the point. Yes, a Russian ambassador visits the White House. That's what their whole thing is. I'm like, I'm like, the, but those were meetings that were open, like openly acknowledged that were happening, and then weren't lied about under oath later. I feel like one of these days, I I imagine that every day Sean Spicer's day starts by him waking up and he looks at his phone. And then he heads straight to Walgreens for his daily refill of Xanax and prescription-grade Tums. And then this whole time, Rance Prius is just chasing President Trump down the hallways like, Stop tweeting! <laughs> and he's like got his phone out in front of him. And the whole time, Steve Bannon's just like... And then you just hear yakety sacks in the background. Oh, good lord. I know we're... I mean, I feel like we're doing our best to you know remain apolitical, but sometimes... You just Look, gotta, you know. Here's that the wasn't thing. I wanted to Those get, were real tweets those that were, were done tweets. in a succession of like 45 mi- minutes from the president. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, you can't also, write this stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, also, wanted to get at the truth of that one tweet about like the, the ambassador visited. Yeah. In meetings that were like known about. <laughs> Context is so, so important, and it's just, it goes by the wayside so quickly. It's ridiculous. All but right. Anyway, Jack, how are you? I'm fine. Did you have a good weekend? 
I mean, yeah. sure. <laughs> I hear you. As much as you can have a good weekend in, you know, our McCarthyism times. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that I mean, that wasn't the only excitement that we had this past week since we last, last met. Um, we took a little vacation. Uh, I don't know what you did with your week off. Um, but a lot of stuff happened in the news. And uh, we decided to tackle the idea. Um, we were trying to find a concise way to bring everything together in a way that was still kind of like pertinent to actual, you know, just the boring details of what it is and how it works. Right. But also, you know, what's the best way to tackle that is to figure out what these specific duties are and then why there might be an issue yeah. being brought to light. Yeah. So and then we, we went with the attorney general. This we week. went with the attorney general because uh, Jeff Sessions is has recused himself. Um, we'll talk about what that means later. I also, I, we kind of stumbled upon serendipitously the fact that we released our first episode that we ever recorded. That was about cabinet members. Um, and then the attorney general actually is one of the members of the cabinet. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we touched on his was one of the first, uh, first ones that, um, happened. He was like in the first week, I believe. Right. And, um, Actually, I think if yeah, I, I vaguely remember saying at some point within there that some of my concerns about him were assuaged because uh, he seemed to give a pretty solid you know hearing for the most part. I think the most prevalent concern at the time was racism, so no one was even considering you know that there might be other. Well, Fox the fact that he lied in the <laughs> he lied during those hearings. Yeah, I mean it's such a. I mean we'll we'll like, get it's such in, a we'll, dumb thing to lie. Anyway, okay. we'll get into it at the end of it. But I mean it's it's like that gray area that exists. You know, I was thinking the other day about how if there's a, a true villain that that should be crafted in a movie is someone that just never has to answer any questions about why they're doing anything. Mm-hmm. Like you're destroying the environment, why? And they're just like, I refuse to answer that on the grounds that it might incriminate myself. And it's like, Arr! yeah. Bruce Rain frustrated. It's so inf- it's so frustrating. So in order to defrustrate, we went to facts and and reality. So hey, let's talk about them. So I, I I we just researched the role of attorney general. So we're gonna go back a little bit, um, just to talk about what they do. Okay. Uh, they're the head of the Department of Justice and the chief law enforcement officer of the federal government. Uh, the attorney general is an original part. Of so the, federal the top cop, if you will. Right. <laughs> I won't. Uh, <laughs> it's modeled after the British Attorney General. Uh, and then, like we talked about before, it was actually one of the first cabinet positions uh, made during the uh, uh, first meeting of Congress. Yeah, yeah that's right. Is, uh, the Judiciary Act of 1789 is where it was created. It was um, so the act organized uh, the administration of the justice branch of the nation's new government and established the attorney general as head of the department of justice and gave the attorney general direction and control of u.s attorneys and all other counsel employed on behalf of the united states um it also vested in the attorney general's supervisory power over the accounts of u.s attorneys and u.s marshals um however the attorney general is not actually part uh, of the judicial branch they're a part of the executive branch because they are a member of the cabinet it's, yeah um so there's a lot of stuff in the judicial branch that the attorney general kind of kind of looks over it, it he he lords over judiciary things but he's more part of the ex- executive 
So was the are, is the Supreme Court then the chief, like the highest in power the, in, in the, the judiciary? Yeah. That's right. Okay. Um, so, but he gets to kind of like toe the line between the two almost, yeah. sort of in that gray area. That's yeah, kinda, it's really strange. It is. Um, Interesting. It's the only... Uh, we. I, I wanted to see if you remember this bit of t- trivia. Okay. It's the only office of the cabinet to not start with secretary of. I do remember that. Yep. Yes. Um, so, you know, callbacks to the episodes <laughs> previous. That's We're amazing. doing it. <laughs> We're already building up your knowledge. Um, so, just a reminder that since the Attorney General is a member of the cabinet, they serve no set term and can be terminated from the office at any time by the president. Um, also, the Attorney General is subject to impeachment by the House of Representatives and trial in the Senate for... Uh, treason, bribery, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. Just want to point out that Wikipedia said that, uh, and I copied and pasted it for no particular reason. <laughs> You're so subtle. <laughs> I love it. There's no reason that I said that. You know, I just I just feel like everyone should know things, especially people that are in the House of Representatives and the Senate. Um, You'd think that'd be a, a top requirement. <laughs> yeah. To know those things. You'd think. Uh, <laughs> the Judiciary Act of 1789 said that the Attorney General was to be learned in the law uh, with the duty to prosecute and conduct all suits in the Supreme Court in which the United States shall be concerned and to give his advice and opinion upon questions of law when required by the President of the United States or when requested by the heads of any of the departments touching any matters that may concern their department. Apartments. <laughs> I saw you were taking a picture of me. <laughs> I was Snapchatting. I and I got I'm trying to bring us to the world. I man. got very <laughs> distracted. You're so narcissistic, God. So basically, in charge of judiciary stuff. So when it was created, they they were the lawyer that went to the Supreme Court to defend the United States as the United States' defense lawyer. So you want a good lawyer, then? Yeah. Um, that actually has changed a little bit, and we'll talk about that. It's a, that's actually now, um, I believe, the deputy attorney general actually goes to the Supreme Court. Really? But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Because, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that. Basically, there just became too much for this one person to do. And so busy, there's a whole you know? department yeah. of justice created underneath him, and it was a whole thing. Um, it sounds rough so the mission of the office of the attorney general is to supervise and direct the administration operation of the department of justice which includes the fbi drug enforcement administration which is the dea bureau of alcohol tobacco firearms and explosives uh the bureau of prisons the office of justice programs and the u.s attorney attorneys and u.s marshals service um so those are all within the department of justice um and basically the attorney general's head of that yeah um, Those are all like the heavy-duty law law agencies. Right. Um, the, it literally just keeps... I, I found a lot of information that all kind of just repeats itself. The principal duties of the Attorney General are to represent the United States in legal matters, um, supervise and direct the administration and operations of the offices, uh, boards, division, and bureaus that compi- comprise the Department of Justice, uh, furnish advice and opinions for those departments and the president, Um do you think would this be a, a prudent time since you're we're talking about the um the different agencies and things that he also is in charge of, how that plays into um 
like federal powers being able to enforce things over state laws. Right. Um, so that's something you'll see in the news recently when you've seen them talking about changes in uh, marijuana legislation right. with the DEA being a federal agency. Mm-hmm. Under the DEA the is under the Department of Justice. So uh, states that have voted to legalize marijuana for medical or recreational use, it's still been federally legal. However, during the Obama administration, they made a move to – they basically said that they had bigger fish to fry than worrying about states that had legalized it you know, and were policing it in some effective manner. Typically, that's left to the state levels. Right. Um, so re- basically, there's been talk, and Jeff Sessions, our current attorney general, has spoken on this, saying that he's looking to increase federal enforcement in those kinds of matters. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, you break that down into – uh, they're claiming that the administration still sees the value of medicinal marijuana in states where it's legalized, so that's not priority. Recreational use, they're still it's right. still a federal crime, even if it's a state is legal. And if you're a recreational user in a state where it's not legal, good luck. I mean, basically, that's never changed. I mean, but. my guess is going to be because it, it's things like this happen all the time. When you see like a court case that's a state versus the United States of a you know whatever sure. government, and that's what my guess will be is one of the states that has uh, legalized the recreational use. Once they start, the federal government starts coming in and shutting that shit down. Right, that'll be a court case of like okay, who has more power in this? And then I, the Supreme Court will probably eventually decide oh, recreational marijuana is okay or i mean because there's such a there's a large amount of states at that this point that have had that yeah it's like um, 14 or 15 of them or something you might even be more 20 something and if you i don't pay attention because i don't do that that's fine i don't either but if anyone (laughs) if (laughs) if anyone if you stay tuned to the end of the episode i'm going to put on my tinfoil hat and i'll show you how this if you can connect the dots for something bigger on that sort of legislation but just sorry to interject jack back to you yeah um so all of this is kind of just it's just reiterating that um their duties they can represent or supervise the representation of the united states government and the supreme court of the united states and all other courts foreign and domestic in which the united states is a party or has an interest as may be deemed appropriate um and yeah so basically and also carry out um perform or supervise the performance of other duties required by statute or executive order um which you brought up before, yeah. when we before we started recording the pr- previous attorney general I forgot her name Sally uh, something Sally Yates Sally Yates yes she did not uphold uh, the executive order she that, did not and she told all of her judges to not uphold it um, she got fired for that but also she was on her way out because Sessions was on his way to getting confirmed anyway whatever yeah I mean it's it's not unprecedented for there to be a you know. A, and, and you, I'm sure you saw as well in the research that there's some guys that served forever, you know, under multiple presidents as attorney general. And then you have some right. that are basically a change in the guard as soon as right, there's right, a right. president in there. So um, when it went from uh, Kennedy to, is it LBJ? Yes. That took over from Kennedy. After the assassination. After the assassination. LBJ actually kept uh, Kennedy's attorney general until the next election cycle sure and i think Um, ashcroft served when he and he's i want to say he served at least two terms yeah i'm not i think he may have been the whole time of whoever that was it was clinton Clinton? bush maybe yeah one of them i was like six yeah (laughs) um so basically just 
to break it down, the biggest thing that they do is uh, it's like this, and this is from a, a, a education website, so it broke it down real simple. <laughs> when you need a lawyer, you ask that friend or uncle. The original site said cousin. I'm like, <laughs> I think people have more c- uncle lawyers than cousin lawyers um, who went to law school, uh, or you consult a comprehensive directory of qualified That might be attorneys. a reference to my cousin Vinny. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Uh, when the U.S. government or any federal employee needs a lawyer, they go to the attorney general's office. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Um, so I wanted to take a sl- kind of look into the Department of Justice in general um, as a kind of offshoot of the attorney general. I want to mention that uh, as I was writing up my research, I went to the whitehouse.gov to look at the fact sheet about the Department of Justice and the page was gone. Oh, oh God. Um, That's interesting. Just interesting. Honestly, a lot of that site's just gone. I mean, yeah, it could be. I mean, it could be that they're redoing them, but I know that some pages have disappeared. Um, I mean, you can. I will say you can find them all. They are all archived. The ObamaWhiteHouse.gov is archived on that page. It's easy to find links to them um, for information. And I did do that, but, uh, I just wanted to point out, it's not not readily available. And so you click around a little bit. (laughs) Um, just as a side note, there's going to be people coming here looking for justice stuff. Get rid of that. We don't need that. We don't need them to find out about what we do. Put some banner space up for Ivanka. (laughs) You know, I'm sorry. I'm not surprised. Anyway. Um, (laughs) okay. So, Going back to the Judiciary Act, it really only established the role of the Attorney General to oversee all of the suits that would come in, um, and that pretty much came too much for one person almost immediately. Sure. Um, oh, yeah. No, that's... So it, necessi- it necessitated the hiring of several assistants for the Attorney General, and then work increased, and then the size, you know, because the nation was getting bigger, work was increasing, more... Um, kind of assistants were being hired and even private attorneys were being retained to work on cases. Um, by 1870, after the end of the civil war, the, there was just so much litigation involving the United States. Um, and the retainer for all of those private attorneys was just way too much. Um, they just didn't want to pay all of those attorneys to handle that huge workload. Right. So, um, Congress actually passed the act to establish the department of justice. Um, in about 1870. Actually, of July 1st, 1870 was when the Department of Justice was empowered to handle all criminal prosecutions and civil suits in which the United States had an interest. Are there going to be dates on the test? No. No date. Okay. Um, so, basically, the Executive Department of the Government of the United States was formed right then. Um, the, the Department of Justice. So, um, to assist the Attorney General... The 1870 Act also created the Office of the Solicitor General, who represents the interests of the United States before the U.S. Supreme Court. I was wrong. It wasn't the Attorney General. It was the uh, Deputy. It was the Solicitor General. You idiot. Actually goes to court. Who doesn't know that? I didn't before last <laughs> night. I literally thought the Attorney General went to courts whenever the U.S. was the defendant. Yeah. Um, or the prosecutor. I don't. I don't know if the U.S. ever prosecutes anything that high up. It's usually defending itself once it gets to that level. Typically, yeah. I mean, it's just the way it is because it's defending a law that people are 
being like, eh, we don't like this one anymore, and then the Supreme Court decides on it. Right. No, I was just I was picturing the Solicitor General being like the head guy of going like door to door to sell stuff. Yeah, I like that. Ting tong. <laughs> Hi, who are you? I'm the Solicitor General. Would you like? Would uh, you like some d- Democratic Republic today? <laughs> How about failing capitalism? How about a general sense of apathy and malaise? Nope, none of those for you. <laughs> Door close. Um, yeah, so... Uh, the 1870-1870 Act remains the foundation for the department's authority, but the structure of the Department of Justice has changed over the years. Um, and actually, the Department of Justice is an executive uh, department, which is weird. That is weird. It's not a judicial department because it's still technically, I don't, it's weird. Uh, But that's just information to know. It's not really probably going to come in handy later. You don't think so? I know. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. Um, Basically, the structure has changed over the years um, because they've added the offices of deputy attorney general, associate attorney general, and then there's been the formation of various components, um, offices, boards, and divisions. Um, so basically it began as a one man part-time position. Yeah, I know. Uh, and then it's kind of evolved into the world's law, just law office and the chief enforcer of federal laws. Um, so there was actually a whole diagram that I saw and I'm going to kind of try to talk through it a little bit. I don't, I'm not going to go into all the offices and, and all of that. Um, cause there's offices, boards, divisions, a lot. People, bunch of stuff. There's around. a lot of stuff there. Um, so Attorney General is the chain of command, top of the line, top dog, in power, in charge. Um, underneath that is the Deputy Attorney General. And then underneath that is the Associate Attorney General and the Solicitor General. Um, so then under the Assistant Associate Attorney General, um, there's a ton of divisions, uh, which includes the Antitrust Division, Civil Division, Civil Rights Division, National Security Division, Tax Division, bunch of stuff. Um, so then the Associate Attorney General and the uh, Deputy Attorney General oversee several offices, uh, like the Office of Legal Policy, the Office of Le- Public Affairs, the Office of Legislative Affairs, the Office of Legal Counsel and Tribal Justice. Um, yeah, uh, that's the that's the office that deals with justice for Native tribes. Uh, so, you know, we have that. La, 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 la. <laughs> I just want you to know we have that office in place um, to secure um, the the rights of the native uh, uh, tri- tribes. Spicy needs a big boy nap. <laughs> I mean, it's an office that exists right now. They're taking care of it. It's probably a basement office like the X Files, and it's yeah. like they just have one guy working on it. And then he keeps bringing reports. And there's like, you know, it seems like the Native Americans are getting treated unfairly. And they're like, what is this bullshit this guy's talking about? And then he just gets like, for some reason, we're letting a private company build a pipeline through their sacred land that we said we'd protect. I feel like that should be a court case. Anyway. um, Oh, a private company that, by the way, we have said, oh, only... American Steel will be made to build these pipes and then they immediately got an exemption for. Anyway. um, (laughs) uh, So there's a bunch of law enforcement agencies under that. Um, They're overseen by the Associate uh, Attorney General and the Deputy Attorney General. 
Again, I listed a lot of them earlier. It's stuff like the Marshal Service, the FBI, DEA, Bureau of Prisons, uh, and then the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Sorry, I, I had a like a terrible day mare that we were still fucking over Native Americans. No, it's done. Oh. We're done doing that oh. um, because we've decided that that's still th- happening. Th- yeah, I, I mean, oh. here's the thing: we're done fucking them over. We completed the task. <laughs> it's over. It's over because the task is complete. Mission complete. All right. Uh, okay. Cross that one. Off anyway, the list. let's go back to the attorney general. Jesus. Oh, remove ourselves from the Department of Justice as a whole and just go back to the attorney general. <laughs> Um, so, uh, there's been quite some fun things that the attorney general gets to deal with. Pretty much I'm just talking about scandals in the past, because this is not the first time an attorney general has been involved in scandal, um, or has had to recuse him or herself of doing Yeah, like, this, is, this isn't an unprecedented event. There's a lot of times, means. there's just, because you're working in the executive branch, and if there's a lawsuit brought against the executive branch or someone within it, it it's obviously uh, uh, not, you know, conflict of interest. Right. Um, so there was, in 1993, uh, then Attorney General Janet Reno authorized uh, the, ra- uh, the raid on the Branch Davidian Religious Compound in Waco, Texas. Yeah. Um, Waco. So there were more than 70 ATF agents. Um that raided the compound in order to serve arrest and search warrants based on the illegal possession of firearms and explosives. Um, Then a gun battle happened, and then four uh, four agents and six uh, branch members were dead. Davidian branch members were dead after that gun patch. So then the ATF, since they didn't get inside that day, they had a 51-day standoff. Um, And then uh, Janet Reno authorized the FBI, which is under her control because... They're there um, to launch tear gas into the compound. Uh, And then that compound caught on fire. And kind of everyone inside died, including children and women. Oh, no. Um, Like, I've heard of Waco before, and, like, I've heard it made reference to. But, again, 1993, I was four. And, you know, I that's fucking crazy. I mean, wow. Um. So basically, uh, there was a whole thing, you know, embroil because it was. Did you do any research and like just out of curiosity what the Davidian branch was? Was just like a religious cult? It was kind of a religious cult. Not even even so much a cult. I think they. I mean, yeah, you like a community. It's a community, but they were very much not operating within the law. Okay, like Um, it was, and I think it was. I think a big part of it. I don't remember a lot. I mean, Davidian makes me think it's kind of has has some kind of. I think a big part of it may have also been that polygamy was rampant in there, and the oh yeah, the the government did not like that. I think might have been a big part of that. Not in Texas, right? Um, so basically, Reno got in a bunch of trouble because it it still wasn't even really known if the branch members set the fire themselves or if the tear gas somehow like caused the fire like they launched the tear gas and like the stove was on or there was a fire in the 51 day standoff is insane yeah yeah so basically a, the janet reno got in trouble for sending the fbi in and for authorizing all of that and uh yeah wow 
Yeah, there's just a whole brouhaha. I, fr- I did not look up how it ended for her. So obviously I don't she think was, it was... W- was she the well. one that got investigated, or did she just have to recuse herself from the investigation? No, she was pretty heavily invested. There's just a whole scandal because she got in trouble because she right. authorized it. There was I don't know. Damn. I think there may have been an investigation into who said it, and then obviously she wasn't part of that investigation sure. as well. She, wouldn't, she couldn't have been. That's nuts, man. Um, so then there's actually scandals even further back in, in uh, following the attorney general. Um, going back to Warren Harding. Okay. Um, he appointed Harry M. Daugherty um, as attorney general. Uh, Boy, it's probably Daugherty. Daugherty. Daugherty? Yeah, maybe that. He was a lawyer, a political advisor, and actually a friend of the president from, from back when they both were in Ohio mm. doing stuff. Just hanging out. I mean, Kicking Warren rocks. Harding, I think, had been governor of Ohio or something before he was president. I don't know. Um, He's my third least favorite president. Fair. <laughs> um, so he, Daugherty, Daugherty, whatever, was suspected of profiting from the sale of government alcohol supplies, um, failing to enforce prohibition statutes, and the selling of pardons. Oh, yeah. Like, you'd think for sure a crooked, a crooked AG could probably pocket a ton of yeah, money. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he actually got in more trouble for something. I mean, I think this all came up in the court case. But one of the things was uh, this friend of his named Jesse W. Smith got appointed to an office um, from him. And I forget what it even was for. I didn't write it down for some reason. Um, well, you're just dropping the ball I know, left and right I know. today, man. Jeez. I think it, it was. Pro- I think it was to head up one of the departments within that. Some kind of like yeah. nepotism or inism or yeah. something. But actually, so Smith was just shitty at his job <laughs> in general. Um, and then it also included corrupt involvement with the alien property custodian. And then he would take bribes to settle matters before the Justice Department. Um, yeah, I imagine there was some real crooked shit. So back basically, in the day. everyone was like, um, Daughtery, you appointed this dude and he's shitty. Uh, do something. And so he actually asked that Smith uh, be sent back to Ohio. That's a terrible punishment. Yeah, I know. Uh, Unless you're in Reliant K, I guess. <laughs> but then uh, Smith committed suicide anyway uh, in, 19, <laughs> in May 1923, which I guess is the only fate worse than Ohio. That's a real dark ending to that story. Uh and that caused a lot of discomfort for the administration. Yeah, I would imagine. And then somehow, though, he made it through all that, all through Harding's administration. The uh, the attorney general? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was finally dismissed uh, by Calvin Coolidge. What did he have? In 1924. Did he sacrifice a baby on the desk in the Oval Office or what? What I did mean, he have to do to Literally, get... it's just because it was 1924, so it was a new presidential administration. Good Lord. Um, Good for him, though. You know, I mean, that's the American dream, if anything. Daughter, daughter, I know, right? <laughs> Doherty was later charged with defrauding the government. Good um, for you. Good for you, 1927 man. trial, he asserted his Fifth Amendment protection against self-incrimination and was eventually acquitted. <laughs> Which a, is how this whole thing fucking works. That's like, a, that seems like it be, should be a movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. And it's like... Uh, I just, <laughs> but you said it earlier of like... Uh, I recuse. I I refuse to say anything on the grounds of incrimination, and then it's, it's just a big. They get jerk. acquitted. Yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy. Um, that's how law works. 
Yeah, no, it's insane. I mean, and that's when when I was watching the Senate committee hearings, that was one of the most frustrating things. And like, also, have you seen any of the videos of the town hall meetings that have been going on? Where like a little bit people have been getting their asses chewed out, and like, I, I, you know, okay, I get that Mitch McConnell might be the devil in policy, but his response when that like someone came after him and he was just like. Winners get to make the policy and losers go home. It's like, oh, you're such a super villain, you asshole. It's so like, super villain. Oh man, he's cr- he's to just kind of like, lay hey, out, fuck you. Like, what are you gonna do about it? You know. Well, it, it, it's <laughs> obvious if you pay attention, like that. Obviously, people do anything to get power, and then once they're in power, they'll do anything to keep that power. Yeah, no, I mean, <clears> gerrymandering. But, what? But no, I mean, it what was, did it I was, say? It was almost refreshing just to hear right. someone kind someone of just, just be fuck so you. openly just, yeah. like, fuck you. Yeah, like, exactly. We got the power. We can do whatever we want with in that, it. In that moment, my soul was satisfied because it felt like some kind of an answer. I was like, oh, they're just They're just dicks. dicks. <laughs> just dickheads. Okay. I'll accept it. But uh, uh, yeah, that's fascinating stuff. So getting back to recusing yourself from trial yes basically um when an attorney general recuses him or herself of a case the deputy attorney general will then be in charge of that case um which seems weird because it's like you're still in the same department yeah like you're friends it's like whatever that's the whole thing right now of like people are asking the deputy attorney general right now which is dana i don't know when bonte 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 i don't know Bennett, Bennett. It might be Bennett. It might be Bennett. I have no idea. Um, I literally tried to pronounce this last night, and then I think I got it, and then I just forgot to write hey, down. I have to try to pronounce is. the Russian ambassador's name soon. Good so, fucking yeah, luck. Thanks, man. Um, so then, uh, basically, the attorney general's regulations provide for appointment of outside special counsel by the attorney general in certain circumstances. So three conditions must be met in order to provide outside counsel. Yeah. Which is, I think, what people are trying to make have Dana do, is pro- provide sure. outside counsel. Yeah. Um, so you meet either the attorney general or acting attorney general must determine that criminal investigation or of a person or matter is warranted. Um, that investigation or prosecution by a local U.S. attorney's office or division of the Justice Department would present a conflict of interest for the department or other extraordinary circumstances. Sure. Uh, and three, uh, that it would be in the public interest to appoint an outside special counsel to assume responsibility for the matter. Um, so getting to your thing, like, we'll just remember that. Yes. Those three points are probably pretty important for this specific case. They are. Um, so we're going to get to you very, very soon. I have a couple last bits. Um, so one person who seems to really, um, like recusals, um, is current attorney general Jeff Sessions. Mm, Tell me more. Uh, he called for a lot of recusals during the Obama administration. Uh, so. Kitty now. Yeah. Like, for example, during the Supreme Court case, uh, where the with the lawsuit against the ACA's individual mandate, uh, he called for Elena Kagan to recuse herself uh, because she had defended the law as Solicitor General uh, before she was appointed to the Supreme Court. Of course. Um, in fact, he portrayed recusal as standard practice when there are such conflicts of interest, and he urged Kagan to act, quote, in a way that's consistent with the highest ethical standards of recusal. Um, he also is pretty vocal 
about uh, previous Attorney General Loretta Lynch because mm-hmm. uh, she didn't recuse herself in the federal government's uh, trial or to prove uh, kind of Hillary Clinton's email practices. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, and... He's I, just, he really likes recusals, um, so it's so weird that it took him so long to recuse himself. Like I said, he had to meet with all of the appropriate ethics committees to decide. Right, right. Um, so, Ugh. yeah, I mean, there is... And the thing, back going back, is there is precedent for him, for people, for the Attorney General to accuse himself. Sure, and I mean, for example, like... um, in 2013, the uh, Attorney General Eric Holder, yeah, he recused himself from involvement in the Department of Justice investigation into a leak uh, that the Department of Justice was collecting phone records from the AP, from the Associated Press. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's um, it's a uh, it's interesting times for sure um and i mean there was also the the video uh or the accounts of sessions grilling loretta lynch whenever she was being appointed and saying would you be able to say no to a president if you thought that he wouldn't be able you know he was breaking the law and uh it's just kind of funny when you when you juxtapose those but i mean you know one of the important things to remember about this is that a recusal is it's it's basically like being taken off an assignment, more right. or less. I mean, also, it's, it's like not an admission of guilt at all. Exactly. It's it's, it's based... literally just the uh, there's a lot of overlap between you and the people you're defending slash prosecuting. Yeah, it it basically states you know the the fears of people that um are you know they're worried that there might be conflicts of interest. The thing is that uh, it's just it's very strangely tied up right now. So um, I I just kind of wanted to to dig in a little bit into to the gist of what was happening. Cause um, it's not as clear cut as like the, um, Eric Holder one where exactly. Like, Cause Eric Holder is attorney general and the, the department of justice was getting investigated. Like clearly no one from the department of justice could defend. Right. Like that. And I this mean, is a little more messy than that. And this is a situation where context is so important and it's, um, it's, it's just, it's really, uh, an issue of details and technicalities here. Um, and I'm also going to touch briefly on the Senate Armed Services Committee because um, that's kind of been the defense going back and forth was that he met with him during the campaign, but not as a surrogate for Trump's campaign, but as a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee, which is then all of a sudden you see other senators that are on that jumping on Twitter, online. All politicians should get off all social media whatsoever. It is ridiculous. Like they, they're so dumb with it. Like going, and, or at least have people to run it for yeah. them. Why do they have access? Like going back to the the, the way we started the show. Like, just stop. Yeah. So immediately, people, you know, they were jumping online, and because Claire McCaskill said, "I've been a member of the Armed Services Committee for ten years, never had to meet with the Russian president or ambassador for my duties on that." And then almost immediately after that, pictures were found of her at a, a meeting with um, a, a large group meeting with, uh, you know, Sergey Kislyak. There, that's uh, that's my story. And I'm sticking to it on that. But um, there's no context, at least I haven't found yet, for that photo. It could have been anything. They all could have met at right. an Olive Garden. It's not to say that just because she's there with him. But it very well could have been a meeting for the Senate Arms Committee. Either way, you don't jump online and start saying stuff like that when it can come back to bite you so quickly. Right, right. Like, here's the thing. Politicians have been getting caught in lies for years. Forever. Since politics. Right. Forever. Don't. 
put out words. You're making it easy. <laughs> like you're making it so fucking so easy. easy. So, so the issue. Just stop making it easy for us to go. You're full of shit because then, because it's on both sides of the aisle. Like you mentioned, Claire McCaskill. It's terrible like, on both sides. Oh, yeah. now, now the Republicans don't trust Claire because she said this thing. Oh, now, like whatever. Like, I will tell. There's some interesting. There's but, some. Inter- I mean, I. I'm on the side of Claire. Of like, you, I don't know the context of that picture. Like, Sherry, but also like people who want to be armchair, like whatever. It's like, you can't just send out a picture and be like, oh look, she's wrong. Like, please provide context. Sources. That's you know, they're so important. And it's the shit that I saw online this weekend was enough to make me piss blood. So okay, these are. Um, I first I want to go into a little bit of what the Senate Armed Services Committee do, and also bring up an interesting point. Do you know who the chairman of the Senate Arms Services Committee is? It's a name you know. He's on uh, the red side of the aisle, but he's kind of at odds with this administration. Ryan? Paul Ryan? No. John McCain. Oh, John McCain. That's right. Paul Ryan's rolling over like a bitch. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, my right. God. Okay, so... I'm going to cut that out. I'm not, but... <laughs> um, oh, man. Uh, the FCC's going to be all over our ass. Um, well, we used licensed music at the beginning of this. That's episode. true. Just slow it down to one and a half speed. We'll be fine. Um, so they basically handle all proposed legislation, messages, petitions, memorials, and other matters relating to the following subjects. Number one, aeronautical and space activities pertaining to or primarily associated with the development of weapons systems or military operations. Two, the common defense. The Department of Defense, the Department of the Army, Navy, Air Force, things of that nature. Maintenance and operation of the P- Panama Canal, including administration, sanitation. That's interesting, mm-hmm. but also makes sense. Yep. You're going to see some dots start to connect. Military research and development. National security aspects of nuclear energy. This one's interesting. Naval petroleum reserves, except those in Alaska. <laughs> it's just too <laughs> far away. Pay, promotion, retirement, and other benefits and privileges of members of the armed forces, including overseas education of civilian and military dependents. The selective service system, so the draft. Strategic and critical materials necessary for the common defense. So, Jeff Sessions was a member. He still is, or I don't know if he still is or if he was at the point of the campaign. I don't know if he has to leave the Senate Armed Services Committee to be the Attorney General. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm curious. I don't know. Either way. Okay. So, basically, the drama was this. He recused himself because uh, there was evidence that came about that he had had conversations with the Russian ambassador Sergei Kislyak twice during the campaign while he was a campaign surrogate for the Trump administration. So the context that is in question is, was he meeting with the Russian ambassador as a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee, or was he meeting with Trump as a surrogate of Trump's campaign? Now, he himself called himself a surrogate of Trump's campaign during his Senate committee hearing. So a campaign surrogate is a term used to describe a person who acts on the behalf of a candidate running for some sort of political office. Uh, He often appears at public events that the candidate cannot make it to or may simply appear to bolster the image of the candidate in a certain demographic. So it's more than just being a supporter. He's like officially attached his name to the campaign at this point. Right. Which is why there's an issue. People are trying to figure out if he was meeting with him under these conditions. So him recusing himself is just him a way of saying like, it's not worth it to me to get my, you know, up to my knees and all this. So I'll let someone else take it from here. It's not admission of guilt, and it's not him resigning. Well, but he's it's, re- what it's is a he recusing himself? 
what case or whatever is he recusing himself He's recusing himself, himself from any investigation into Trump's campaign involving Russia okay. involvement. Um, so uh, I found a, an interesting article that kind of um, broke down uh, just the big questions surrounding what's going on. Um, so uh, the first one was, how common is it for a lawmaker to meet with a foreign ambassador? And it's not abnormal for a member of Congress to have a conversation with an ambassador. Uh, it's pretty commonplace. Um, you know, Congress is a partner with the president in the formulation of foreign policy, so you know they make they make efforts to do that. Um, he said that there's considerable variation in who holds the meetings. Sometimes a lawmaker will delegate a meeting, um, and in the case of Russia, some lawmakers would have good reason to have a meeting with a Russian diplomat, but most would have little business with the Kremlin. Said John Pike, director of GlobalSecurity.org, which that sounds menacing. <laughs> globalsecurity.org yeah. I just picture a giant just... robotic hand clasping <laughs> the earth <laughs> I, I, I literally only see like a 90s type of logo for it yeah where it's like global security and it's all <laughs> silver yeah yeah um so uh in that in that font that looks like it was made like on a calculator oh yeah 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 definitely um that makes sense so uh, there, there was there was a distinct like there's a difference being called in to what a, if there's a big difference between a group meeting and a one on one meeting which because this was right. a one on one meeting right between sessions also and, like going back to the Claire McCaskill thing you mentioned like she was in a huge group right and like that they actually mentioned that her in this part they say this is a distinction that McCaskill drew to justify the difference in what she said in her tweets that's a stupid fucking sentence why are tweets anyway right ex- why are <laughs> how do fucking Shut down Twitter. Yeah, like I, I'm I was done with. I was it. at work the other day and I messaged my friend and I said, uh, I was like, hey, um, it, it looks like uh, you know Betsy DeVos might have just violated ethics rules because of uh, something she said about Ivanka's clothing line. Oh, and also um, the president of the United States retweeted Donald Trump's thing about it, and he might have violated the ethics with his tweets. And I was like, that's a ridiculous sentence to type in 2017 about our. Oh, anyway. Um, but I mean, you know, they can use it as good. It's a good way to, to reach with. I mean, when right. it's properly used, social when it's media properly can be a, used, it, I don't it want to condemn great, it like those right. damn kids. You it's know, it's a great but rallying place for like. It's not a great it, place it's, to it's go. It's almost to, a ta- it could be a town hall ish thing until online. world leaders exclusively fight on Twitter and like they don't right. do it with troops on the grounds. I don't think that they should be super prominent on it. Can you imagine a texting battle between like Kim Jong Un and right. and Trump just going by retweets and likes? Right. War's over. I mean, social media is, <laughs> I, I will say social media is a great way to like continually connect to your base right. or your fans or whatever to just be like, hey, we're still out here. We're still doing our thing. Yeah. Um, Thanks for your support. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But it's not a great place to go on a tirade about unfounded accusations about wiretapping. Exactly. Yeah, that's bizarre. Or um, to post like pictures. So he's uh said... Basically, a one-on-one meeting is notable between a member of the uh, Senate's Arms Committee and uh, an ambassador. said, it's pretty heady for a member to be called by the Russian ambassador and have him say he wants to meet with you. You can be seduced into activities and conversations that are not helpful to the national security interests of the country. There are some risks to it. Um, to stay on the rails, such meetings have to be handled carefully. Um, he's basically, this guy was saying that disclosure is the holy grail in this town. So anything that you do that could lead to people wondering what's going on is gonna get blown up into something else, right? Um, and uh, like, 
people run on like I'm gonna be transparent. Like obviously the American people want that. Yeah, want you to be transparent of what you're doing and why you're doing it. Like we don't need to know the whole ins and outs clearly. Hey, I'm gonna meet with the Russian ambassador because they're bringing this to my attention. It's gonna be on this. Like, I don't know. Like, I get there's parts that should be classified too. It's a whole weird thing. But I feel like the most transparent you can be, you should be, right? Exactly. And I mean, it's another thing that's interesting to where you know a lot of the stuff that um, Trump calls for, as far as plans for defense, military stuff like that, he's he constantly believes that by talking about it openly, that it's giving the enemies you know distinct intel into what we're planning which is either we don't have good classification of intel or he has no understanding of how like just basically saying like hey we just we're ramping up something here like you know as the enemy quote unquote over there like oh did you see america's twitter today oh shit like war's coming i mean it's it doesn't make sense it reminds me of an arrested development where Joe was interviewed and he's like, I've got a really great plan to, to you know, you make your company better. And they're like, well, what's the plan? He goes, well, I can't, I can't tell you until you hire me. Otherwise you'll just steal the plan. And there never was one to begin with. But, um, so that the idea of like secrecy is not, now is not the time for secrecy. And that disclosure should come up, uh, presently. And, you know, I think you retain an air of honesty if you bring it up yourself. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, Sessions made the right move in doing this and recusing himself, but yeah. you know, um, the thing is, here's here's what it boils down to for me, kind of, is there's still no solid evidence. I mean, there's pieces that are starting to connect as far as some of it goes, you know, that key members of Trump's administration have or had talked to Russians under strange circumstances or had some right. kind of involvement. But there's still nothing concrete or tangible yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's why this wiretapping thing is interesting because aside from the fact that a whole bunch of really shitty bills just went through Congress while all that was going on, it makes you wonder if something is about to drop and he's trying to set a stage. You know, if you don't like the conversation, change the topic. Right. He's setting a narrative that this was illegally obtained information, but by saying by saying something about, you know... I want to bring up something about wiretapping that I kind of was reading the other day. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I know what you're, you're going to say, but yes, absolutely. Uh, but basically... I'm actually going to find it. I hate that I'm doing this, but it was... I retweeted someone. Uh, <laughs> and so I could find it. Um, but basically, the idea is that... Um, so either he's just being like paranoid um, and just casting things out there to... Uh, whatever. Set, like you said, set the stage for him for this thing. Sure. Or... He's actually in the someone because to wiretap, there's a whole court system. You like have you, to have get, to you have to have get permission. Per, yeah, you have to get permission from a judge. From a judge, I mean, yeah, and there has to be probable cause to wiretap. So either he's crazy, or someone found probable cause to wiretap him. Again, like him saying this is Nixon Watergate is so interesting because he feels like he's being the victim of a Nixon Watergate scandal. When in reality, he, I mean, if he's getting caught hiding information or subverting stuff he's more like nixon in watergate you know it's it's interesting precedent but um so you know there's when it when it boils down to it there's not a whole lot of um and then what would be the point like the fact that he called out so maybe there was wiretapping like i can believe that they found probable cause to wiretap um trump 
for maybe business practices because um, they it was Trump Tower that they if if it was wiretapped at all yeah if there was probable cause to do that is probably for shady business practices sure um or could be for their involvement however he's tied to Russia which. I don't know. That's a, for a whole nother day. Yeah, I mean, I don't. But I, I can't delve too deeply into that just because I don't is, know. My thought is like, okay, if you have this information, you're wiretapping him. You have this information. Like, I just don't get where Trump's idea of like calling Obama out now is. It's like, okay, um, first of all, Ugh. if 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 he did wiretap you, what was his plan? Because you won. I mean, like, the, you the didn't issue, hurt you to wiretap you other than maybe you can get impeached now, but whatever. To, to like, me, it feels more of like setting the narrative because if I've learned one thing by viewing the comment sections on any news articles, it's that a mass amount of Trump supporters believe that Obama was the worst president that's ever existed and they really, really hate him. And, I mean, they can, that's a fire that they can be fueled, I mean, to the point where it could turn the tide on public opinion of whether or not there's any validity to this situation all that they all they would need to hear is in this combination of words uh you know something along the lines of obama being bad illegally wiretapping fake news not true and that dispels it for you know and and obviously that's a that's a scary precedent but you know strange things happen and i it's kind of like what i was saying earlier with the follow the money thing I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat here. Tinfoil conspiracy hat. But I think that there's a lot of um, truth to this, and it's backed up by research. So um, I mentioned earlier in the podcast about uh, them working to federally prosecute marijuana and and state levels. So the day before that started to happen, they rescinded the Obama administration order about not using for-profit prisons. And almost immediately after that, the next day is when they started talking about upping federal enforcement for that. The amount of people in federal prisons for minor drug offenses is about 50%. And when I, I saw an article later this week, later last week, that stock in two of the most prominent for-profit prison companies had exploded after all that news came out. So... If those for-profit prisons are open again, how are you going to like fill them? Go to places where you know people are smoking pot and federally prosecute them. I mean, it's like I, I could be wrong, but that no. makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's... also it's disproportionately men. Yes, black men. Yes, it's men not... of my men of minority status, but mostly black men so both of these things are things that sessions will be like if you look at the numbers if you look at the numbers it's so disproportionately the because i mean even before it was legal in those states if you're a white kid caught with pot like you're gonna get a slap on the wrist yeah absolutely like all you always were going to The, the tv shows in the 90s were making jokes about that yeah I mean, if, if if there's any ever ever anything that doesn't quite make sense, that's it's one of the best principles I learned in school is follow the money until it does, mm-hmm. and that money has to go somewhere. I mean, because otherwise it just looks like a cantankerous old man who's like, I hate pot, and I mean they're they're saying it's leading to the opioid crisis that we're currently experiencing, things of that nature, and it's because of marijuana. I mean, you have the White House saying things like that, which is adverse to 
scientific research and all kinds of other things, but they have to present a strong front on an emotional appeal. And most people would agree that people dying in the streets of heroin and opiate abuse is not good. So people that are naive or don't fully grasp that concept, you know, they hear, let's get rid of pot and then heroin goes away. Makes sense to me. Right. You know, and I mean, you can't blame people for that. I mean, aside from that, they have a responsibility to knowledge, you know, to learn if they care about it. And you can listen to this podcast. We'll probably exactly. get to that at some point. Yeah. But I mean, I'm basically the Jeff Sessions thing is something to watch. There's mm-hmm. I mean, he's recused himself. He's not going anywhere for the time being. I would be really surprised if an investigation against him that internally gained any traction. I, I just feel like, I mean, it might, it could happen, but I just don't see it. I mean, my guess it, my educated guess, and I'm not super educated. I mean, I've been doing this podcast for a while. I still read some articles outside of it and all of that. My educated guess that is they'll keep pursuing the seeing ties to the Trump campaign and Russia. They'll still look for those. Yes. Um, Which, by the way, following the money, God, get a subpoena for those tax returns. That would be the easiest fucking way to follow I don't, the money. I, I just don't know how they would get a precedent on that unless the wiretapping was revealing something that was some kind of like tax fraud or right. something like that. You know, I mean, wiretapping, quote unquote. But I'm like, I don't know what the precedent because he doesn't have to show us his tax returns legally. Right, he's not required to. I wish he would, but I. I mean, but I mean, if they th- if they have probable, how do you feasibly? Here's the thing, though: if you have probable cause. To say, we think those tax returns have something in it, some ties to... Because, I mean, the whole thing... It's all... That's why I like this podcast. No, 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 we're I mean, going to eventually bring everything together, I think, hopefully. This is going to turn into like a, a big picture, and then the last right. episode is going to be Jack's front door getting kicked in. <laughs> his his MacBook being taken. But somehow it'll still <laughs> all be uploaded. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, man. But no, it, big picture... I would be honored to be attacked by Big the picture... Is um, what was I going? You fucking your joke sidetracked me. It, it's just a matter of his business dealings. He still, I mean, you mentioned the Ivanka Trump, uh, like the the tweets that were were pr- promoting a brand of one company, which is like something like I mean, it's an ethics violation. 100%. There's but like the 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 way. Like, like if you look into, oh, he's probably still running his company as president and he's doing deals as president that will help his company when he's not president any longer. Like, that's the money. That's where the money following comes it's in. It's somewhere. I mean. And, and I think all of it ties in, like, how are his business dealings affecting his, his him being president? Is he using his role as president to help his own business out? If so, I think there's probable cause to look at his tax returns to see if he's had any dealings with foreign governments um, prior to becoming president that like would show him being president and cutting deals for certain like yeah like places would would help him later. He could make the law to be like, oh no. It's okay to work with Russia, and then suddenly he's got six hotels up in Russia once he's done being president because he made the law saying it's okay. Like, I mean, honestly, if when it comes when it comes down to it, if you were 
And then again, I, I think I need you to make a audio thing of like putting on the tinfoil hat <laughs> for that for the last segment where we go where we steer slightly away from apolitical. But um, this isn't slightly. We're in we're in deep deep liberal waters. I think right now. I'm more of a I, I'm more of an equal opportunity conspiracy theorist. Fair, fair. But uh, if you follow the money as far as that goes, what you need to look into is what's in the Crimea Syria region where the war, like the fighting is going on for the Russian occupation, and then the potential pipeline plans, and then what company would benefit most from those, and whether or not that guy is the Secretary of State. That's kind of where you got to follow the money on that one. It's not so much hotels as it is oil, and then oil—it's oh. always fucking oil. Yeah. yeah, I hope we deplete the oil soon, because yeah. then we'll have to figure out f- f- something else. Although you know what, then if, Elon Musk will be the richest man because he's selling solar power shit already. What if we make build the wall out of solar panels? And it's, there's there's a small paper itself. A small benefit, right? The paper itself. Oh, oh man. Because uh, I don't know who is still. If that um, thing ever goes up. All right. Well, in closing, I in just, closing, I just want to say that to remember that context is really important. So if you give a shit about any of this and you're researching it or you're arguing with people online or you whatever what what may have you, just make sure to research and figure out the truth because so few people seem to be concerned about it anymore. It's not even. It's, yeah, because there because I don't even know. I still thing, don't are, know. There are some things where there's not an objective truth yet. Yeah, uh, and there's not, and you can debate till the cows come home about what the the objective truth actually is. But until we have facts and figures, we don't know. Like all of that tinfoil stuff, we were just doing. We were, we were going off on tangents and making best guesses. But we're not. I'm not ready to come down on either side of like this is the thing that's happening. No, absolutely not. I mean, uh, but you, you can results. look up. Like we were talking about the uh, Claire McCaskill photo versus what she said. Like, I think there's clearly she in it because you can't going back to Twitter. You can't fit all of the context into 140 characters. I think that's the my problem with Twitter. You can't fit all of the context into those few characters. Um, and you saying, yeah, I never met with the Russian ambassador as when I was on that committee. Sure, it might be true that you never or doing met one business on with one. that committee. Yeah, right. You may have never met one on one with yeah. them, or, but you don't have enough reasons. I never met one on one with that. That's not. That's more than a hundred. So yeah, and then someone can fucking call you out. Be like, here's a picture. It's like, well, I admit we were in a group, obviously. Especially if you believe in infinite timelines, because there could be a timeline where she's married to him, you know. And then if you get like a rip Jason, in the time space, take continue- the tinfoil hat off. Oh, sorry. Let me take that off. Um. No, wait, there's still infinite timelines. Bye. <laughs> CNN just published a story alleging that the intelligence community provided documents to the president-elect last week that included information that, quote, there was a continuing exchange of information during the campaign between Trump surrogates and intermediaries for the Russian government. And if there is any evidence that anyone affiliated with the Trump campaign communicated with the Russian government in the course of this campaign, what will you do? Senator Franken, I'm not aware of um, any of those activities. 
I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have, not have communications with the Russians, um, and I'm unable to comment on it. Very well.